0: All right.
1: Um, People are still entering the Zoom room, but it seems important to get started. Uh, We have an incredible afternoon ahead, or evening, if you're in Amsterdam. Hello, my name is Shannon Jackson. I'm Associate Vice Chancellor for the Arts and Design here at UC Berkeley, and it's a privilege to welcome you to another iteration of A plus D Thursdays here on Tuesday, March 30th. Yes, we've added an extra extra event in order to accommodate um, our acclaimed speaker for today. Uh, For those of you who do not routinely tune into us, I'll tell you that this is a lecture series that sits inside a large public course created by my office in order to expose students to a range of art forms across literature, film, art, performance, design, um, and also that um, we are open to the public once a week. This particular series, this lecture series and the course um, are devoted to the theme of time-based media art and we get to do that thanks to a generous donation from the Kramlick Art Foundation founded by Cal alum Pamela Kramlick and her husband Dick Kramlick. The Kramlick Art Foundation is devoted to education, research and public programming in the field of time-based media art and we on all of you at Berkeley and beyond are indebted to their incredible generosity in making this happen. This is a course that, as I said, opens weekly and already we've had a range of stellar artists and curators, including luminaries such as Isaac Julian, uh, Richard Moss, Adrian Edwards, Catherine Wood, uh, as well as William Kentridge coming up on Thursday this week We have the renowned video artist Shireen Nishat, also a Cal alum. It is sort of alumni week this week, actually. Today, however, I have the extraordinary privilege of welcoming an artist whose um, rigor and delicacy and commitment and inventiveness seem to know no bounds, aesthetically as well as politically, as I assume all of you know. McQueen is a renowned film director and screenwriter who has received justifiable acclaim for a number of feature films, including Hunger, Shame, and Widows, um, including awards such as the Camera d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival, and of course, um, quite spectacularly, his 2013 film, 12 Years a Slave, excavated the dialectics of freedom and slavery in the United States with a bracing and breathtaking arrangement of image narrative and sound, justifiably winning a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, an Academy Award for Best Picture. McQueen also has turned to television and most recently with the stunning Small Act series. Adjacent to this blockbuster career in film and in television, he also enjoys a blockbuster career in the art world having created an array of video art pieces that um, also arrange image, narrative, and sound to breathtaking effect. Whether in pieces like Western Deep or Carib's Deep, Carib's Leap, Ashes, or Static, or many, many more, McQueen is often asking viewers to reckon with the fraught legacies of colonialism, slavery, and the other extractive economies that imperil the health and social life of our planet. The artist, artistic range of his practice and his socio-political themes couldn't be more apt for our course, for our series and for UC Berkeley, especially as UC Berkeley reckons with its own fraught political legacies, including the fact that our campus is sited on the unceded and ancestral land of the Ohlone tribe. And in reckoning with um, our relationship to that history, the institution here itself, your host institution, is also undergoing a necessary if belated process of institutional political reflection and realignment. When I think about that process and alongside that process, um, we might take inspiration, it seems to me, from the effects that McQueen says he often seeks in his art practice, a pursuit that, quote, wants to put the public in a situation where everyone is acutely sensitive to themselves, to their body, to their respiration, alongside, of course, their socio-historical position. Helping us to situate his practice in conversation today, I'm also thrilled to be able to welcome two incredible colleagues, Clara Kim and Rizvana Bradley. Kim is the um, Daskalopoulos uh, Senior Curator at the Tate Modern um, in London. She is known for her international range, for her attention to form, and for her incredible research practice as a curator. Since she's also a Cal alum, we'd like to think that she started to learn some of those skills during her time at UC Berkeley. And it it is just too fitting for all of us that one of her most recent curatorial projects was the recent retrospective of Steve McQueen. Meanwhile, Rizvana Bradley is our brand new colleague at UC Berkeley, somebody um, who who also has scholarly accolades now already for her research in African American cultural production across poetry, art, film, um, and performance, as well as excavations of those forms in the wider Black diaspora. It is a thrill to welcome you, Rizvana, to Berkeley, albeit online. (laughs) This is your welcome from me um, with an invitation to join the dialogue. So it's a thrill to launch this conversation um, with the ever vigilant support of my A plus D team, especially Paris Coates, who is uh, in the background about to highlight Steve's screen. And as she does, I'd like to ask everyone to help me um, by welcoming Steve with a warm, muted, welcome to UC Berkeley. All right. We'll have um, Steve.
2: Hello, how are you?
1: Welcome, how are you?
3: Yeah. I'm <laughs> a, bit, a bit tired, but very well, very uh, well. Very really well.
1: appreciate, really re- appreciate you staying up and giving over your evening to us. And Clara, thank you for highlighting your screen as well. Um, so as I mentioned in my introduction, um, this is a series um, that is located in a broader cross-disciplinary art course, and Steve's practice across a range of forms just couldn't be more appropriate for what, we're, what we've are what we been studying and will continue to study around the semester. And Clara, you have most recently um, been at the helm in putting together one of the most incredible um, curatorial projects around the long arc of Steve's work. So I wonder if the two of you could start us off by telling us about that exhibition, perhaps walking us through the exhibition and letting Steve tell us more about um, his, the central preoccupations of his practice. And I'll, um, I'll unhighlight un- un- my screen to let you come forward. Thank you, Claire.
3: Well, thank you for such a wonderful thank introduction. That's very kind of you. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Yes. My pleasure. And thanks as well to Shannon and to all at UC Berkeley for the invitation. Um, and I'm quite pleased to be here today, not only because Cal is my alma mater and where I wanted where I um decided to pursue art history um, as a career path, um, but because I get to to, to talk to you um, with Steve. Um, and it's a really real great pleasure. Um, to see Steve again and to reminisce a little bit about our recent exhibition um, that was at Tate Modern. Um, it opened in February. Steve, it seems like ages ago when it opened, but it was pre-pandemic <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> February back when another we were world. all very innocent, another yeah. world completely. Um, so I thought that I mean Shannon so beautifully gave an introduction to your work, but. I thought that we might do this kind of virtual walk through, um, you know, through the sure. exhibition itself, because mm-hmm. it's so important. And, and I know this is so important to you, Steve, is the way one experiences um, the encounter with the work, you know, that kind of bodily dimension um, to experiencing it physically and sensorially. Yeah. So I, I wanted to kind of start with that and open with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but also show this image um, because the exhibition was not just in the galleries themselves, um, but it actually really started with this outdoor screen, um, which is one channel of Care of Sleep. Do you Um, want to talk about that?
3: Sure. I mean, it's very important for me, again, how you enter an exhibition, how you are introduced to an exhibition, you know, your first point of contact. And for me, um, the River Thames is the start, is the source. You know, it's the source that goes out into the further and wider empire. The you know the British Empire. It's the source. Um, you know, one could think about Conrad's sort of uh, Heart of Darkness and 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 you know, Gravesend. Gravesend is a, a, a you know a, which was stationed in the Thames. And this whole idea of this river flowing. Um, And what it was for me, it was the confrontation for me of that source, of the source. And in some ways, the sort of um, end result at this moment with the evidence of a place like Grenada, a, a place that was colonized by the British, well, the French first and then the British. And in fact, it was it was it was it was a place where the Araks, the native people were, and then the Caribs came over, and then after the Caribs it was the French, and after the French it was the African, uh, British, and the Africans. So, the West Indies is, is a very interesting place in, in the world where you know it, the, the whole idea of of populations, different kinds of populations living on on one on top of each other, occurred. Cultures were sort of things were handed down from each individual uh, culture. So the beginning of this exhibition, for me, had to do with flow, had to do with movement, had to do with a certain kind of, how can I say, a certain kind of reflection of what had happened at that time, at the outset of that river. I mean, again, you can go back to Roman times, you can go back to the whole idea of, of you know, and, and of course as a city and, you know, what you do with a city, and the river, you know, the settlement and the settlement that happened in Grenada and the sort of relics of um, what is there now. In some ways, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an island, obviously, <laughs> but it's surrounded by water again. Um, and it seems like it's a sort of, it's, 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 it feels like it's some sort of, um, it's, it's on pause because nothing, nothing you know, agriculture's gone you know, certain kinds of industries have gone. And the order is is that one has to exploit themselves in order to, to bring in t- tourism. So it's sort of one of those things which I wanted to bring back as evidence of what has, has been done to the source. So that was, that was the idea originally, the whole idea of entering the exhibition. And of course you enter it by crossing the Thames at this point uh, from St Paul's Cathedral to this, to, to this spot. And again, you, there's lots of images in, in. This is this is Carib's League. If you go, if you even go back one out, one other image, uh, there's a lady with a dog, and it's just it was just that whole idea of you know it's it, this whole idea of almost like being shipwrecked in a way, not
4: yeah.
3: not being able to leave and being surrounded by water. So I want to go to the source of that, which was the River Thames.
4: Steve, it was it was also quite a personal connection to you in that, is it your father who's from Grenada?
3: Oh, yeah, my, my, my yeah. family, my mother well, yeah. turned down in Grenada,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's really evocative. Um, and I mean, in a way, the exhibition, which um, which wasn't a retrospective um, because it was, um, you know, we didn't go back to your work, you know, to your single channel, your early works like there, um, but we decided to start in 1999, kind of yes. where roughly where your your last kind of major survey exhibition um, at ICA kind of That's ended. And so we kind of wanted to pick up on that. Um, on that at, yeah,
2: sure. yeah and,
4: as a kind of as a kind of homecoming as well for you, given mm-hmm. your, your ties um, here. Um, so when one enters the exhibition, I mean, I think it's you know it's it's so important how. You, as you send that movement. I mean, I think about mm-hmm. it as a kind of choreography, how you move through totally. the space Absolutely. and yeah. how these works then, uh, how one encounters these works. Um, so what you do is, you know, you go upstairs to the second level of the Blavati mm-hmm. building and you enter through a light lock kind of um, entrance. And then what you're confronted with is this kind of open plaza-like space. Um, in which you encounter Steve's, you know, very important work, Static, um, 2009. And I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that, because we we broke the rules a little bit, because usually you would have one work, you know, in a focus installed in a focus w- way in one room, but we we actually mm. put the two together, and there was a yeah. nice conversation that was happening. No,
3: yeah, no, no, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, you know, I think one one often if people see my work is one or two. So the fact that when the, the, the first, one, well, you know, a few times they've been in group, I, I, I you know, even in, the, in the, uh, 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 a show at the Shalaga in Basel, there were it was, it was works that were sort of speaking to each other. Absolutely. Because I don't like the idea of putting things in boxes. It becomes sort of, a, um, you know, you, you don't even get a perspective of yourself. You're just in, in the dark, looking at a bright screen. So the whole idea of you, and in fact, interestingly enough, the whole idea of the 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 the, the, the screen being bigger than you—that perspective—and also having the, those kind of dialogues. Anyway, the whole idea of, of walking into the space and having static. Um, this is the image of the Statue of Liberty, which what happened is I was in the helicopter a little while. But it was actually it was actually nineteen. My goodness, it was, it was, it was it was it was it was it was the year that the Statue of Liberty was was open again after the. Uh, uh, 9/11 incident, and the fact that I wanted to sort of surf and navigate this, this statue, I wanted to sort of, even in a way, trying to take, you know, try to in some ways take it off, you know, take, um, what's the word I'm looking for, put it on, you know, put, put it on tilter by surfing and navigating it, by surfing like almost like a, 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 a fly or something. So the whole idea of that, the whole exhibition, this is the the pivot of the whole exhibition. The whole exhibition is pivoting. On this work, everything is surfing, navigating. You know this work, everything, as the helicopter is moving around it, surfing, navigating it. So everything is spinning around this, and trying to actually trying to put it off kilter, in a way, mm-hmm. liberty, whatever that is, you know, the symbol of liberty, you know.
4: Yeah, I mean, definitely there's a there's a sense of kind of disorientation, um, which is quite pronounced when you, when you enter this space um, and you see, you recognize what's on the image, what's on the screen, mm-hmm. um, but your way of seeing it is completely off kilter, as you said, it's a sense of disorientation because the camera is yeah. moving, you shot it in the helicopter and the camera is moving around
3: yeah. The statue. What, what, it, is, what um. it is is look, is is look, look again. It's 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 like it's like being dizzy, and your perspective is changed. Is you're you you're examining it. You're you're looking at it. You're trying to find other things about it. You're seeing the, the bird nest in, in 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 her armpit. You're seeing all of these things, and again within the context of of liberty, within the context of, and and, you, and the, the stability of it, and the fragility of it you know, within the context of the show. Yeah.
4: There is also something about, I think this is kind of the first instance in which um, the camera as a kind of apparatus Mm -hmm. um, really dictates what you're seeing and how you're seeing it. And I think one of the things that's also quite um, impactful as as you watch static is not only the sense of orientation, but the but the sound element, Steve,
3: is so important yes. to this as well, right? Because what you're hearing is just yes, yes. You're hearing what you're hearing is as, as as it's being moved, moved around is, is is a helicopter sort of sort of coming in and out of of, of um, one sort of uh, air shot. So you're, you're hearing it is loud and it's coming around and it's 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 sort of swooping around and then it sort of evaporates and comes in again and 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 whatnot. So there are moments of silence and the moments of the wind, just sort of as if you were sort of uh, hang gliding around it. So you're hearing the swooping of the wind, and then you sort of, you know, hear a, a, a helicopter, um, I kind of charge up again. So it's the, the fact of it's suspending, it's, it's it's being suspended and being motivated.
4: Being motivated. Is the,
3: excuse me. Yes, just suspended and being Can motivated. I- yes. Because you're sort of, you're, you're sort of being, you're sort of, you are making, you have a choice. You, you have a possibility within that dialogue, within that situation. You know, you're not just, you know, often, you know, we are carried along. We feel that we have no, um, as I say, we have no sort of, uh, Possibility within it to change or to sort of um, manipulate, to sort of, you know, sort of redirect a certain situation. But sometimes, now and then, there's a there, there's an opening. Mm.
4: Um, so then, if we can move on, there there is a you have these two works kind of um, playing simultaneously. And then, as you enter the gallery space, um, you encounter a series of different projection rooms um, installations. And the first one is Western Deep. Um, and I think this work is also, I mean, it's formative. I mean, this, this you um, may you, this was a commission, and you showed this first um, at Documenta um, back in 2002. Um, but I think here, what's interesting again, similar to Static. Um, is the way that you enter the room, and what you what you hear might be you might hear something before you see something, and this yes. constant this position of the of the viewer kind of actively searching for the a- image, trying sure. to get a sense of what's happening. I think is you know quite important to this work.
3: Um, well, this is might, slightly, hmm. this is slightly different because basically there's a, there's a there's a there's a beginning and end. So there's this, a timer, so, you know, you, can like, you go in at the beginning and you leave any time you want, or you all stay to the end or whatever, but you can never go in at the beginning because at the beginning is the beginning. You uh, can leave any time after that. So there's a beginning end to this. So you're, you, when you're sitting there, obviously you're, you're confronted with sound because it, you, you, it starts, and the, what starts is, uh, this, uh, you know, um, the sound of an elevator. Basically, it's it, Western Deep is 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 uh, is one of the deepest mines in the world. It's, it's it's like two and a half, more than two and a half kilometers underground. On, on, on and it's about the descent into this mine um, by elevator, by train, by walking, by elevator again. Of course, it's 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 been it's, it's the, the, the descent has been stagnating in the for not to collapse. So there's a lot of, basically, it takes you about four hours to get to the face. Of the um, of the mining, and there are, um, there are five thousand men underground uh, at one time, and they rotate them. Uh, and during the apartheid era, they kept them down there as long as they as long as they could. Um, and I think it's I think it's it's more than I think it's more than the twelve hour shift. Um, and this particular room, the one that the image you're seeing, is a, is a, an image that um, uh, it's a heated room basically to si- assimilate the heat under underground, so it's extremely hot. I forgot the temperature now, actually. Um, and what's happening is, is a bleep test is happening there, where the men are step up and step down, and the, the, the red lights on the wall indicate when to go up, and when to go down, it's, you know, it just goes, it, it dances. So the whole idea of this space for me was, I just, I mean, I, I remember when I showed it for the first time in, in Documenta in Castle in 2002, it was, you know, I, I, it, I, I, just wanted the whole idea of, 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 having a beginning, an actual beginning. Often, you know, there are pieces where, you know, people come in when they want and they experience it almost like sculpture and, 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 and but for me, this, this had a, a beginning. I mean, you could leave, you could leave any time. Mm-hmm. It obviously had an end. So it was very important to sort of create a certain kind of, uh, a cinema space in here just to sort of focus on, on, on this thing in the dark.
4: Um, it was also quite important um, what you shot it, and, and I think it's so fascinating yes. that, that you shot yes. it in Super 8. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about the choice of doing that? And-
3: well, literally, literally, well, it was functionality and grain. The function that I mean when you're sort of you know you know when you're in a 45 degree stoop, which is sort of uh, so sort of 80 centimeters, um, you know, high and you're cooling down your stomach. You, you, you can't take you know, big, chunky cameras with you. Um, and at that time, I wanted to shoot on film. I, 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 for me, the texture was very important, to catch it, it, the impressionistic nature of it and the grain, I thought would well, add extra added value because there's so much dust underneath there. And I wanted to sort of translate that onto the screen to get at least, to, almost like sticking onto the, onto the viewer. So it was about mob- mobility, it was about the, 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 the image, really. It was, it was it was a very practical way of, of, of uh, you know bringing the image. It was it was it was you know, it was a, it was a sphere. Everything made sense.
4: I, I never asked you this, but did you hmm? at, at the moment that um, you were down there um, shooting? Did you did you know exactly? Did you plot out exactly what you were going to shoot, or was there an element of of spontaneity?
3: Oh, totally spontaneity. Because you know, I I, I I read up about it. I did a lot of reading, um, and you know, it was it was it was, it was, it, was exped- it was expedition in a way. But you know, because in one way, you one had to sort of again. I always think you have to be ready. You know, mm-hmm. I the best. The best. The, be, the, the The best advice I ever got, as far as um, you know, using a camera was to always have it in your always have it on your side. You know, be prepared. You know, it's it's like you know, if if you're not ready yet, you'll never be ready. But I think I was, you know, I was mainly in, interested in the whole idea of this cap of this situation of capital and and mineral. You know what I mean? And depth. Mm. You know, especially in, in this place. So yeah. that was it. So whatever I had was was coming at me, I was ready for it. Absolutely. Mm,
4: mm, mm. It reminds me of um, while we were doing research for the catalog. It was really great to go back to some of your early exhibitions, um, and I read somewhere that um, as a student, when you were when you were an art student at Goldsmiths, that you would be, you would carry around a super eight yes. yeah. camera. And yes. I loved what you said that you before you shot it because it was so expensive to record yes. and develop that yeah. you would you would almost edit in your head before Absolutely. you shot.
3: Yeah, that's, is that that's something not...
4: that still stays with you that way? Yes
3: even in a large set, because it's craft. And also, I'm a British filmmaker, so we know how to stretch a pound, you know what I mean? It's like, we don't have enough, a lot of money, so it's all about how you do things. And again, it's craft. It's, you know, there's choices and what you do. But again, this is about bringing oneself into a situation. How you translate a situation, how you interpret a situation, how you learn from a situation, how do you... Curate in the situation.
0: Mm.
3: It's not about it's not about planning and preparing and, and this and this. Often, it's it's not about. Sort of, it's not. I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in illustrating. I'm interested in something completely different.
4: Mm.
3: And you'll ask, what is that? And I and I'll say, I see it when I see it. You recognize it immediately when you see it, mm. and that's about choices.
4: So this, this is the other part of Caribs uh, sorry, Western Deep. is a two-part work, actually three Western parts. Western Deep Caribs Leap, um, yeah. Exactly, Western Deep Caribs Leap. Um, you showed it together, of course, in Documenta, um, but here we put one channel, the footage of Grenada over the course of the day, this, this is a cycle of a day, on the facade of the, of the building, um, on the LED screen. Mm. And then the other part of Caribs Leap, which is related to the Grenada story, um, mm. was hanging on the screen yeah. um, there above people's head. Yeah. Do you want to
3: talk a little bit about that? Because it goes back to... Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, again, um, so it, the, the, the piece, it, Western, it's Western Deep Caribs Leap, they, they, they're, they're brother and sister, such. They, they, they're, they're together, they're twins. And Caribs Leap, um, you know, it, Caribs Leap is it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, the, the place where my um, my mother comes from in the north of Grenada, and it, which is called Satir's. Uh, the French called it leapers, uh, which means obviously as yes, it is, leapers. And what it is, what it was, this this part of of the country, the northern part of the country, was where the last remaining Caribs, in 1654, rather than surrendering to the French, jumped off this cliff and into the rocks below, into the rocks and sea below. So it it's it's this this part of the, of of the Ireland is marked by this moment. And the French, of course, after that, they put a Catholic church to, to mark the spot. <laughs> okay. And it's just, it's, it's something which haunts, and that's all the this, all this stuff that you see on the outside of the building. Um, uh, the, 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 the footage that you just saw on the outside building is from that part of to of tears. So that's the other part of, of, of Carib's leap—that the, the footage that you saw um, outside the building. So this space was always marked by this, by the ghost of the past. The ghost—I don't like the word. I don't like the word ghost. The spirit of the past. I don't even know what the word is, but it's—you can smell it,
4: okay.
3: and it it it, it 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 sort of infiltrates that environment. And again, bringing it back, bringing part of that back to the Thames, again, to the source, or one of the sources, was, was, was very important to me. Yeah.
4: So in one part of the gallery, um, we had two um, film projections, um, this cold yeah. breath here from 1999, which you see projected on that, that side wall, and then, Charlotte um from 2004 mm. um and we we decided to install this Steve in a in a kind of open space um and I think these two works do something quite different yeah. than the other yeah, I mean yeah um, in a much was, more focused way. sure
3: I mean i I mean again I, I just litigate you know I, I've always shown you know not all the works but you know it has it's a show you have to have relationships otherwise you just get Black like boxes, which is you know, the no perspective. It's a massive glowing thing in the dark, and it's, it's of oh, no interest to anyone. You might as well get that. It. It's about flow. It's about perspective. It's about relationships. And again, it, the shit for me is like hanging paintings. It's like when you hang a show. You know, again, you know, you go from one image to the next. It's very, very important. And the flow of it, the constant, the constant, the constant is very important. That's, and also. For me, for me, what is what's interesting about exhibitions? Very important for me as an exhibition. There's one entrance and there's one exit. You know, you walk in, you go to wherever you need to go in the exhibition, but then you could go back on yourself. You could re, you could re, re revisit, reinvestigate. Not just in and out. You know, into the guest, sh- into the world, the gift shop. No, it has to be one entrance and one exit. Very, very important. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, these these two works, yeah, they have a, and, and again, both of them are on these are on sixteen millimeter, yeah, both are on, on sixteen millimeter, yeah.
4: But do you, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, like the 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 tactility of it, the sense of touch, because I think in both cases, in different ways, yeah, they point one. to they point to that the sensorial within, you know, within an image, um, and I just I wonder what you.
3: I'm interested. In what you got to say, really?
4: <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, for me, it's you know, I mean, what what is happening in Charlotte um, is again, you know, one has to. There's a kind of stillness to to mm. this image in which you see the frame of the camera as a close-up of Charlotte Charlotte Rampling's eye, um, and then and then it's your finger, Steve, that's gently yes. kind of touching um, her eyes. And I mean, to me, they it. It, it's, it makes that connection between kind of tactility and, and the sensorial. Um, mm-hmm. it, it collapses that with what you see, um, yes. what is what is being seen. Um, and for me, the, these two works do that in different ways. I, mean, I wonder you know,
3: how you... Hmm. Now, I, I, Charlotte, look, I, you know, I, I had no idea. Um, you know, I, I spoke to her on the phone, we met, we talked. I said, I had half I had an idea. I didn't know what to do, was to shoot. And I had no idea that I would just go for a ride. I had no idea. I had no idea. Did, it was never set up. I just, I didn't know. Um, and just, you know, again, it's, it was just one of those things which occurred. And and it, there was a, a focus. There was a certain kind of, um, if you will, a dance or whatever it was. I don't know. Um, and it... It occurred. It, it happened, and the you uh, know you know you you, you don't ring someone and say excuse me I'm gonna put, put my finger in your eye. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, but it occurred. Um, it occurred. And I you know it occurred the lens and the finger. Did I don't she, know. Did
4: she know? Did she know that what you were going to do? Where?
3: no she wasn't she wasn't and again I, you know certain things i don't talk about really but i just it, she was she she you know she didn't but it, it 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 again it's 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 the century as you said the eye the the sort of the 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 the, 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 the you looking at it the eye of the of the projector her eye the finger the, the the invasion in a way but at the same time this 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 eye is i mean it's the only Part of the body, in some ways, which is sort of, you know, it's almost like open wound, which is sort of, it's, it's sort of, it's the only thing that, that which we can see from 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 the inside of our bodies, you know, in a way, you know, on the outside. I mean, our mouths, of course, but this 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 century thing. I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch it. <laughs> I wish I could give you more. Which I which I, yeah. I will, but I, in fact I won't. I can't. Certain things I just keep to myself because sure, again sure. I feel that no, an no. artwork is, is it's it's not just a, you know one can talk about this and that and the other and the, other and, and, and the obvious, but this the, the whole idea of uh, interpretation or even investigation or understanding it's it's, dif- it's, it's it's difficult. But also you know when it's right. Like I said, you know when it's right. I had no idea what, what I was going to do. None at all, whatsoever. <laughs>
4: um, so moving on, um, there was in one side of the gallery um, a series of um, yes. black box spaces. Um, and I think it's really interesting, particularly in the interview, you you talk about this, an interview that you do with Hamza Walker um, for the catalog. Yeah. And you talk about these works, um, 7th November, yeah. Girls' Tricky. Tricky um, and then Ashes. Oh, I mean, one encounters these three rooms kind of, you know, in succession. And you, I thought you said something really interesting about them, um, that, they, that all three works feature Black men, they're isolated, they're all reflections, they're, but they're, that they're all active, even if they look inactive, active in their minds, retelling a story to project, yeah, cool. to verbalize, to reflect, and to be reflected on. And I think there, there's a lot in there in what you said, and I just I wonder if you can talk about these three works together.
3: Mm. Mm. I mean, all, all four, you know, all, all four in, are in states of all four in, are in, all four in states of meditation, in one way or the other. You know, again, you have Tricky who's you know, in the studio who's gone, who's, who's, you know, who's, who's gone somewhere in order to, he has to go somewhere where to get somewhere. You've got, you know, 7th of November, Marcus reciting. He's, again, it's all about, and in fact, you could say that all of it is about memory, isn't it? Isn't it? It's about, and it's about, <laughs> you know, what is interesting for me about um, Luminaire that, that monitor. And again, I had no idea. I had no idea. I was in, I was in Paris. I was, I was on the bed. I put the TV on. And all of a sudden, I became the subject. You know, the, the violence from the, to, from the TV monitor. Because what, is, what, 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 this, what this work is about, what, as I said, what's on the TV, rather than what's it about, there was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a documentary about special forces uh, in Afghanistan. And somehow that violence... reflected me, made me visible. Literally, the TV made me visible. Um, I, was, I, was being visi- I was being made visible by violence. You know? And it was at that moment where I just sort of realized that this is, it's almost like a, again, it's almost like a, a you can say, a, you know, a painting. It's almost like a, a painting that I can't, that's too soft. It's almost like something else. I don't know. Painting is an is, is easy thing to say. But it, 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 somehow the violence from that monitor, the violence from that TV coming through, made me visible, made me presence, made me sort of there. And it was just one of those things which sort of occurred, and it was just magical in a way and truthful. That was being visualized. I was being realized, realized by violence with that camera. That technique um, of this digital digital camera fighting to make sense of the light reflected on me from the monitor from the TV. Anyway, going on a bit. Uh, what's the next one? And then again again, of course, Marcus, seventh November, which is my brother, which is my cousin, rather. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Unless you could talk about that one.
4: Do you want to talk then,
0: about Ashes? Because, yeah, yeah. I
3: think Ashes so, is a nice... Ashes, ashes. Again, ashes, again, Ashes, again, it's, 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 I was, I, you know, when I, this this is a very strange one, in fact, because the, the, there's only one man, there's three men on that boat, there's only one man who's alive now, and that's me. So Robbie, who shot it, is dead. Ashes is dead. And um, what happened was, there was a, Ashes was this guy, he was around in some tears. You know, he was a fisherman. He was a, he was a very very good fisherman. He, he was dying for lobsters. And he was just, caught my eye. And it was a, someone I just wanted to sort of shoot. And I thought, you know, let, let's get him out on the boat. Let's rob him. Let's get him out on the boat. And I shoot him. There's something, you know, something about this, this this guy. So we went out on the boat with him and we shot him. And he was, you know, a, a charming. He was an extraordinarily beautiful man. Very dark skin. You know, blonde Locks. It's just, I mean, you know, he was. I think at the time was he 26. I can't remember how old he was. was. 26 at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, beautiful, virile, gorgeous man. You know, moving in the boat to his endless, uh, endless horizon, the holiday of endless possibilities. And we shot, we shot him. And I didn't use the footage. That all the footage I shot at that time was for Caribs League, But I had the footage. I didn't use it. I didn't, I didn't use it. I put, I put it away little did I know it was in i think it was what was it six weeks after we, we we shot him last. i don't know he was he was murdered um and I found out about that i think i found out about that maybe four or five years afterwards and then i sort of wanted to sort of memorialize him in a way i wanted to sort of make his name i well it was just it was just about the whole idea of how do you I mean he was buried in a pauper's grave he was he was you know because again he wasn't affiliated to any church, so he's bought, he was buried in a pauper's grave, basically a mound of dirt and for me, he deserved better you know he was this beautiful man full of full of life and you know it's it's a story that we're all familiar with as far as black men are concerned, and I just wanted to, people to remember him for you know, a, a few more years yet. So, you know, that's why I wanted to, 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 to make a great for him. And you can read about it in the catalog.
4: Um, so can we touch upon end credits? Because this, as, as one moved through the space, um, you would end, you would conclude, um, your walk around the gallery uh, with this work, um, end credits, which, um, which
3: doesn't. I think it's very difficult for um, me to talk right now. Also, is the George, George Floyd trials? Start, you know, again, yeah. these are works that have been. You know, again, it's it's it's, it's a narrative. It's an unfortunate narrative. Just goes on and on and on and on. So I find it very difficult to talk about often in, in, in that case. Yeah. Let, let's move on. Let's let, sorry, talk about. And then, okay. hey, now we now we're here. Now we're in this one, which is again the same situation. Yeah. Yes. Another kind of assassination.
4: Sure. Um, I mean, and then last. Mm-hmm. Lastly, maybe we can talk a bit about year three, um, which is the project that you had at Tate Britain.
3: Possibilities. Let's talk about possibilities. Yes, yes, absolutely. This
4: extraordinary work um, that you've that's been um, germinating, that you've and an idea that you had a while back, uh, many many years ago, um, that um, my my colleague Clary Wallace at Tate Britain worked with you and um, realizing. Can you talk a little bit just about that and this in this extraordinary portrait of London?
3: Well, London. in London. Well, I first went to uh, the Tate Modern. I think maybe when I was eight, eight years old, we were bussed into the museum, um, and it was the first time I actually felt at home in a way. The first time I f- saw the possibilities within a subject, which I thought could relate to me. What I meant by that was that, you know, art was important. Look, they put, you know, pictures and drawings on the walls of museums and they're seen as important. And I was good at drawing. So that was my way into education because dis- I'm, I'm dyslexic. So what happened was, you know, how my whole like, my old trajectory to education came through art, history of art, geography, you know, history, maths, all that kind of stuff came through art. So what's interesting for me, in a way, of, is, is, is London and, and, and the idea of London. And, and I say an idea because London is, 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 is fluctuating all the time as far as people and, you know, cultures and, you know, with music. I mean, I, I think, I don't, I don't know anywhere else in the world that has the sort of richness of London culturally as far as music is concerned. And this comes from influences from all around the world. And I suppose what, what I was interested in, in, in a way, these photographs, was possibilities and futures and that was it really and you know also this is the only place like I, I I thought at that time ever where you could see the future of London we photographed over three I think time over three thousand 3, 3,000 schools 3200 schools so you know in London Or I think we got we got at the end of there over seventy percent of, of schools participated in, in London. So the demographic is 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 therefore to see, and what was interesting about it is the complexities and the multitudes of different people from all over the world in these schools. I mean, it was London. It was it was it was just beautiful to look at. I think some people were scared, of course, <laughs> but if you wanted to know, if you wanted to see the future, there it was on the wall. You could actually. This is one of the places where you could actually see the future.
4: Steve, can you say a bit about why that age group? Because you were quite specific about...
3: Well, one, one could talk about, there was a documentary called 7-Up, because this is year three, which is around a seven-year-old. But it, it, for me, it was more to do, because also I was looking at my old son and my daughter and stuff like that. It's, it's that moment of limbo. It's that moment where things are just forming, or just before they form, in fact when you're, you you know you're looking at your classmate and you're saying okay he's gay or she's she's white or he's black or he's asian just before that or just before all those sort of class as well of course you know what you know all those things all of those things are at that moment not so prevalent but just after them, things change so it's this moment of limbo which way will they go you know and, I, and for me, my experience at school was, was was terrible. It was terrible. It was after this moment, that's when things started to change, after this moment. Um, and the sort of the, the, the outside world, you know, as you can see, the sort of conformity of uniform or non-uniform, everything started to be judged. Everything started to be questioned. Um, and it was just that moment before all of that. So this is, this is the moment where there were the possibilities of, of so many wonderful things happening. I mean, you know, right now, you know, we, we could be looking at, you know, the next, you know, a prime minister in a few decades' time. We could be looking at anything. We look, you know, scientists. We look at, you know, you know, whatever. There. So it was about that moment, really, for me. My, it, it, it was about the possibilities. I wanted this. I wanted this because of possibilities. Because everything around me at that moment, it seemed, it, it, you know, it, it's all about the future, and, and this was the future.
4: Yes, um, it was such an extraordinary project um, in in all of its um, kind of ambition, um, using you know a quite a ubiquitous kind of format of a classroom photograph. Um, yes. <laughs> what was so great about it, Steve, was it was the way people responded to it. Was the way in which you know the kids were bust in and this encounter with their okay. image in okay. the space of Tate Britain. Yeah, it was it was something quite magical seeing yeah. them seeing themselves reflected. That's correct. All You're
3: quite right. We and also the the, the 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 form, the form. So basically, every there's equality within the form.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And within that within that equality, there's individuals in there. Do we have one an image of a large one? We don't have a large one. It's just one, for no, example.
4: No, I don't. Sorry. Just okay. never mind.
3: one. Okay, well, you know, again, so that, again, it, you could pick out individuals, but, but you know, in the, in the mass. So what we did actually, we had, we had an educational program as well. So we busted in all the, you know, we were, to, we were going to bust in all the schools. We got pretty far down the line before Corona took over. So we busted in the schools. We had an educational program at the, in, in the museum, and we busted all these school kids. Because I'm going to say true, it, it was a revolution. There's not an if. I mean, I use the word, not, and I don't use that word lightly. This was a revolution. Because we don't do it anymore. You know, we don't bring kids to museums. So the fact that they were, these kids were in the, in the exhibition, they were bringing their parents afterwards, their grandparents wanted to come because they wanted to take Britain. So all these people who do not go to museums were in the museums. I mean, every day it was rapt. It, ama- it was amazing. It was a real revolution because people were seeing themselves in a place of importance, you know. Yeah. for the first time they were looking at themselves and thinking hey you know hey i you know i i i, I fit in here i am here i am important mm-hmm. and i think that was for me that was that was that was you know that was my sort of uh, trojan horse
4: yeah absolutely thank you steve yeah it was such an incredible work and i think the legacy of this project is going to live on for a long time um for all of us and people in london
3: it was I'm, wonderful. I have- it was just wonderful having cab drivers yeah. having a talk, chat with you and think, oh yeah, my, my niece and not knowing who I was and it, it was just wonderful that people were having a conversation about that about about art in a way where you know they were included. You know, it's very important and they owned it.
4: So we're going to shift gears a little bit. I'm sorry, we're a little um, over time, oh, but um, I know Shannon and Rizvana wanted to sorry. speak to you about the film works. Um, so yes. if we can transition with that, Rizvana, can I?
3: Right.
4: on the screen
1: and uh if you don't if you don't mind clara perhaps you could share those last two images oh, here right. wonderful yes, here we go. before we mm-hmm. unshare the screen okay
0: hi go. so nice um, it's a thrill to be in conversation with you alongside my um, colleagues and thank you to shannon as well as um, clara for putting together this Um, beautiful PowerPoint and walking us through, you know, some of these earlier works. Um, Actually, Western Deep and Gravesend in particular, I think they're five years apart. I really Mm. have um, a sort of renewed interest in these works in particular because I think they're provoking, um, again, provoking questions about the very unequal geographies of labor and risk (laughs) that have maybe been brought home more forcefully in Europe and um, the U.S. during the pandemic. Um, and so to hear you speak about these works, I was just thinking about all of the globalized, how all of the globalized things we depend on and commodities we depend on um, are produced by the people we don't have to see. Um, yeah. And so I was really thinking about how both of these works take up, among other questions, uh, the revelation and concealment of labor um, and how this is the, these some of these earlier works are really um, performing a sort of um, critique of you know the transparency of a globalized world. Um, but I wanted to you know sort of transition to um, small acts because you know I I think I recall um, in an interview I think this past October uh, you were describing the historical period engaged uh, by small acts as, I think as you put it, a golden age of resistance. And part of what I'm interested in here is, I guess this is a question of the relationship between um, politics and aesthetics and culture. I guess I'm really interested in, um, I mean, for those who may not know that the title of this anthology, gorgeous anthology, um, references the 1973 song by Bob Marley and the Wailers. But what I'm really interested in is the sort of productive slippage between small acts, A-X-E, and small acts, ACTS. And I'm wondering how you think about the idea of politics enacted on a smaller scale, um, politics quite literally as a gathering of small acts, um, small cultural acts that produce uh, really profound social transformations.
3: Oh, it's, it's, it's exactly what I was talking about as far as static is concerned, you know, to, 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 you know the actual the, the motivation and how even the smallest act of acknowledgement could have a huge ripple effect to not turn the blind eye, to call people out. These are huge acts. One might say they're small or petty or don't bother. Bother, because it will change so many things down the road. You know, it's very important. You know, uh, Again, you know, these small acts, as you, as you said, and, and, and they came, in, you know, as far as size is concerned or whatever, it's not, it's not about size. It's about how, if you do it, I do it, he does it, she does it, we all do it, they do it, things change. I mean, it's just, that, that, that's just, how, that's it. And then if, any, if there's any time we need that to happen, it's now, you know, this is the, one of the most scariest times ever, as far as being a human being in this world, you know, The right fascists, you know, it's it's real. So if someone says something which is not right, then you correct them. If someone does something that's not wrong, then you say, please, you know, these are the things that actually make things happen. Because you know, if you let the things slide down the road, something will happen for sure. And I think, you know, with my experience as a young black man growing up in London and the Black Parents Association and what they did to improve my life and change the whole landscape of, of, of education. These were these mothers and fathers and educators who came from the West Indies who changed British politics. These parents, you know, we had these schools which were called, which were, which were called educationally subnormal schools. And, you know, a large proportion of those schools was, were, were filled with West Indian black children, you know, Black Caribbean, West Indian, and African children disproportionately, and it was because of those parents and their fight, and their Saturday schools and their organisation that that whole thing was turned right round. And you know, again, there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a film to make called Education in, in the series. And I, I put myself as a, 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 just taking a, a, an aspect of myself, but put it in, a, in a, an environment which I w- that would have happened to me if I had not, if that excuse me, if that sort of narrative of of sending the you know these 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 children to, to, to this sort of place which was which was called educationally subnormal schools, um, if it wasn't if it wasn't changing these people, that, that would have been my path. So the only reason I'm standing here talking to you is because of people taking a stand. And, you know, never give up in that sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, part of what is so fascinating about your description of the, of particularly that, you know, episode of the anthology education is, um, you know, just how relevant culture is to making politics and making transformative politics happen. Um, you know, and I really, I really appreciated the sort of texture um, of every scene, right, that is brought to every scene. I mean, I think you mentioned in your conversation with Clara a few moments ago about the sort mm-hmm. of um, musical diversity of London, the sort of dynamic way in which yeah. London, um, yeah. I mean, I spent some time growing up in London and I can sort of feel that when I'm um, watching this yeah. series too.
3: I mean, there were sound systems all over. There were sound systems all over London. All over London, there were sound systems, you know. So, you know, it was just amazing as far as the bass. I mean, it's all about the bass. It's all about the bass, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so um, interesting to hear you talk about the, the bass and the sort of sonic, um, the way the, the sort of sound makes, makes an atmosphere or constructs the Totally.
3: Atmosphere. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, you get things like in, in Love Rock, when we get into the dub, and We could talk about you know again that you know the film was based on my aunt, but it was actually designed around the DJ, uh, you know the, 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 the selector. It was all about the, his his tracks, and so the movie, the narrative, was designed around that. So when I was looking for a dub track, and um, I found Kunta Kinte, it was like it was like a dog whistle going off. You know, it's like what, and you know that space became a space, a spiritual space for those young people. Again, don't forget. Like Grenada, <laughs> you know, you can't get off, you know, it's this, 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 this island surrounded by bloody, obviously island surrounded by water, but this, this location, this was surfing navigated again by, you know, alligators and crocodiles, you know, the forces that be. Um, so this safe space they found themselves in. And again, somehow the reality of what I was shooting and what was happening in, 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 in that room just took off. You know, these people were playing their their parents, their their grandparents, their their, their aunts, their uncles. So it was a transformational space. It was a spirit. It became a spiritual space. You can't lie. It just took off. I mean, what was happening behind the camera was happening in front of the camera.
0: I mean, I think you describing it as a spiritual space. Um, and and again, you know, I'm just sort of obsessed with the texture. I think I
3: think if we if if black people in London. At that time, didn't have those spaces, didn't have that identity at that time to the music, you know, there would have been a, a deep psychosis. Absolutely. There's no if, or but, or maybe. They had to be themselves within that space. They had to find it. They had to f- discover it through movement. They had to discover it through through sound. They had to feel it. You know, they had to be it. You know, this wasn't a, this, this wasn't a, this it, this it was real. It was real. It was real. It was real. It was real.
0: And what you're describing is a sort of cathartic space. I mean, you really see the sweat drip
3: mm, down mm.
0: the wall and, Um, I mean, it's just so beautifully rendered. Um, I suppose in the interest of time, I should ask my um, second question, which is actually about the role of the medium in your artistic process. Um, So um, I think in a 2015 piece in the New York Times, um, you were speaking about your first feature film Hunger and you Mm -hmm. you pointed out that in your practice, um, it is the idea that dictates the form. And I was quite struck by that. Um, Not the other way around, right? So elsewhere you said, you know, uh, quote, it's about the subject, not the medium and how the subject is asking to be represented. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can just say um, a bit about how different ideas have compelled you towards different mediums and forms and even different formats within film.
3: Let's talk about hunger. You know, um, my relationship to, to hunger, um, to Bobby Sands, to the hunger strike was to do with, you know, seeing him on TV one day and seeing a number underneath his, 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 his image. And then you know, I'm asking my mom, what, what, what is that? And my mother's saying to me, this is how many days this person has been on a hunger strike. And the only way I could relate to it was as a child, because I sort of, you know, what time you go to bed, what clothes you wear, you know, don't do this, do this. Everything is dictated to you by your parents. But the only thing you can to resist, to refrain, is to not eat. You know, everyone's been there. You're not leaving this table until you finish that food, and you don't eat. It just seems like your only, your only, your only sort of place to resist. So for me, having that seed in me from that time, as far as, 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 far as the hunger strike was concerned and, and, and Bobby Sands, the whole idea of feature film, the whole idea of film, the whole idea of narrative came about. Because, you know, for me, that subject matter when I got older, of course, you have a different perspective on it when you were a child, to you, an adult, but it had a profound effect on me. The whole idea of someone not eating in order to sort of be heard, you know? And re- relating to it because I was a child at that point, and relating to it further along when you're an adult is a different thing, of course, you know? But there's a certain kind of purity within it as, as a child, you know, your first contact. And for some reason, some reason, what was that reason? It, it needed to be a narrative. It needed to be a narrative. It needed to be a narrative. And also, I think, because when it's your first film, my first film? I thought it was going to be my my last film. I thought, okay, well, if this, this is going to be my first film, if, not first, if it's going to be my only film, I wanted to go out with two guns blazing. So that was it. You know, that was it. The subject said to me, narrative film. And that that that's how it had to be. You know, that's what it had to be. So, you know, I just delved into it that was it
0: thank you so much i mean that um thank goodness it wasn't your last film (laughs) um because we've just just had (laughs) um, such a such an amazing um extension of your work into into today but um i think um i might invite my other two um, panelists um
1: clara could you just um advance to the last slide you had since we're on the subject of feature film (laughs) um uh thank you partly because it's queued up um but also um uh, because i think risbana's last question about uh, and sure. your incredible response about how the subject matter chooses the medium i think really uh helps stitch a lot for the range of audience members we have here we have students um for whom video art or video installation is sure. is new new as a form Mm-hmm. Um, and other, and who, but who might know your feature film career much better. Um, and then we also have experts on, in this audience who know your video artwork quite well. Sure. Um, maybe bef- before we, as we start to gather a few Q&A um, questions from the audience, could you say a little bit more about this question, about when, say, when something chooses to have a beginning, middle, and end, chooses a narrative, as you say, happened with hunger, or as you say, happened with Western Deep? Um, and when it doesn't, <laughs> when it chooses um, uh, what you've said in other interviews is m- maybe a more abstract form or a fractured form. Um, not
3: necessarily, yeah, yeah, I understand. not necessarily abstract or fractured. It's just that it becomes more sculptural. Mm-hmm. Not to say that these other, other aspects don't, come, don't become sculptural, but there's a, there's a narrative base to it. Rather than the three, you know, rather than one 180 degrees sort of situation. So it's about, you know, the the, the, the what one is trying to uh, uh, achieve with the piece. You know, maybe it's a meditation rather than the sort of reflection and a meditation and reflection. But again, sometimes the, the, that sort of narrative beginning, middle, end is necessary. It's just it's it's just for courses. It's what it what the, the, the work needs. That's all. So it's as simple. I mean, like Charlotte is, um, you know, a constant projection, uh, cold breath is a constant projection, you know, and it's, and of course, both, both, both things are, are one image, you know, again, um, uh, static is one image, constant projection, yeah, right. In the circle, mm-hmm. precisely.
4: Right.
1: Okay. Um, thank you. So with that going, I wonder maybe Clara, you could unshare your screen and we'll, we'll, um, enter into a bit more of a conversation mode with a fuller grid. And I'll ask uh, Clara and Rizvana to highlight themselves and come back. And also our uh, teaching assistants, our graduate students who help with the course, Edgar and Casey, um, who always uh, help us navigate some of the questions that start to queue up. Uh, Actually, perhaps we could we could start uh, with um, a few things that are coming forward um, from in in the chat about and in the official Q and A. One. Go for the go question. for the
3: hardest one.
1: Go for the hardest. Okay, sure. some are some are just you know five paragraph essays here. <laughs> um, oh my
3: God! No, maybe if they. No, I
1: won't. Um, let's see. <laughs> So, so, and you know, this is a question that also might um, might help people get an experience uh, more of the durational experience of some of your work from Kojo um, about the representation of violence in your work in the artworks exhibited at the Tate. And it seems in your artwork more generally, violence is typically deferred to a space or time beyond the camera's frame. It becomes the visual absence, which feels very present, akin to the specter. And so Kojo is interested in the contrast between this strategy and what might appear in feature-length films where violence is more, in Kojo's um, sense, more explicitly depicted. You might ask if you agree with that. Could you talk about the oscillation between these representational modes? So it's also maybe a, a, a well, discussion of the medium too, in addition to violence.
3: Well, I just start by all our lives are, are, have been realized by violence. All of our lives have been realized by violence. There's not one person looking at me now on this screen whose life hasn't been realized by violence. Some more than others. So you know, um, you know, again, one has to sort of not be afraid to interpret it. One m- mustn't be afraid to sort of look at it and own it. You know, my thing about about it has been to own it. Um, and you know, again, it's 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 one of those things where you know, I, you know, this, this ain't Disney, you know, and and I think you know, people are waking up to that. I mean, you know, you know, you've got your blinkers on. And I think also as an artist, as an artist, as a human being, as anyone, you know, one has to be aware of that and, and deal with it, really. Um, it, it, it's not, I don't choose and pick, you know, where I, where, where things are, happen. I mean, he, you know, even violence, even the violence that one puts on themselves, you know, the first port of call of violence often is, is the case that, you know, within, you know, your circle, the violence is happening within your circle, but it was, you know, but it was put on you from the outside. It's it's, it's 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 you know it's not a sort of uh, is it is it is that really a, a, a question? I mean, I, again, I just feel you know, wake up. Would you, would
1: I mean, you agree with the with the perception that from Kojo that you are more explicitly representing violence in future films? No. And less explicitly. No. Enough? Okay, thanks. No. No.
3: Have so, you so seen so Miles Scorsese's films? I mean, wake up, people. I mean, hello. I mean, I mean, look at all of American buddy films. Look at the cowboys and Indians. You know, they die. You know. Come on, people, wakey, wakey! You
1: know, um, Casey, do you want to um, uh, cue up a question? Have you seen a
3: cartoon yeah. recently? You know, the whole <laughs> I mean, you look at American film history. You know, it's I mean, Tom and Jerry, all that kind of crap. Come on. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry.
3: Thanks. Sorry.
1: Thanks for the context.
3: Sorry.
5: So, I have a question here from Averick, Um, and it's also a bit about the question of medium specificity. Um, so, Averick writes. In the last year or so, um, many aspects of our world have transitioned online, including the experience of cinema. Can you speak about your hesitancy or resistance to presenting your artworks online and the importance oh. of experiencing them in space yeah. and in yeah. person?
3: My, re- my reluctancy is that, you know, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, I, I'm, you know, sometimes I am a bit of a snob in that regard because I think goodness gracious, I mean, I need my works to be experienced. I mean, we just, myself and Clara Kim, we just did a whole presentation of why we want people to see them in 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 this space. And I hate when I find my stuff online. I just try to take it down immediately because it's not right. Because, you know, you've got your phone, you've got your your, your laptop, you've got your screen. I mean, this is another way of interpreting uh, 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 a reality, which is not to do with you being... Uh, at home and distracted and going to the fridge and answering the doorbell. It's just, a, it's, it's, a, it's its just trying to sort of have the space where people can experience. And I, look, I get the fact that, and I'm, I'm very sorry that, you know, not everyone can see these works um, and we're talking about these works. Not everyone has seen them. I'm, and I, you know, I, I do apologize. I wish, you know, that wasn't the case, but you know, I remember not seeing James Coleman's work for forever and having all these books on James Coleman. And I really look at the pictures and reading about it. And uh, wow and i was just so fascinated with this guy's work my james cole i first saw his work in the Pompidou, and it was just so amazing i could have never had that experience twice if i saw it on on the on screen or on a phone or whatever that was just amazing it it, it 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 made me ask new questions it made me discover so many different things it's just like language you're doing things differently you know do i doing it differently you discover new things and you know, um, so that—that's all. I'm just trying to pre- protect this some kind of of, of, of language, as, if you will, That's so.
1: And yeah, and what, I
3: apologize.
1: You, yeah, you apologize. Thanks. We, <laughs> we, we we apologize for you whenever the students want to see you online too. The um, it, I think it's a gr- It is really great in terms of tacking back to all that you were discussing with Clara about. About the approach, about the spatial experience of the exhibition that was so carefully curated, mm-hmm. and also obviously um, works well to respond to Averick's question by referencing the importance of his dad.
3: Sure. <laughs> I hope something. to be in Berkeley soon, and, and we'll show work. We'll and do it we'll, in person.
1: <laughs> 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 okay, great, Edgar. Okay. Um, do you see a, some questions coming up that you want to put forward for us?
2: Let me.
3: Yeah, we actually have a lot of questions. Um, and uh, this question, I think, kind of connects a little bit with what we're talking about. So an anonymous person here uh, shared the question. As someone who's dyslexic, I empathize with that moment of discovery that happened in mm. the medium. Could you describe a bit more the ways in which visual imagery shaped your thinking in the ways that written language uh, maybe failed you?
1: And just to say that there are a couple of questions from people asking about your dyslexia and... Oh, well, you know, um,
3: I, really, yeah, 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 I mean, what's it about it? Um, you know, oh, goodness gracious, <laughs> um, you know, oh, good blimey, how do, I, how do I jump into that one? And well, I'll try feet first, uh, don't look down. Um... I was a person who was just curious. I was just curious. I mean, nothing could break my curiosity. Again, I think, you know, reading was reading. I could read, but it was difficult sometimes in the focus. But it was just all about getting through it. And I think, you know, for me, art was just a way. Art was just a salvation in a way. And it was sometimes an image was just far more complex than the, than the text. So it was about looking and finding out and, and discovering. It was about not being afraid and also not being afraid to make mistakes. It was... You know that was the thing, and I was very fortunate that I had that I could draw. That was all. I mean, goodness gracious, if I couldn't if, if I couldn't draw, I mean, if I couldn't if I wasn't a draftsman, who knows where well, I'd be? Because in some ways, it was like being a boxer or being an, an an athlete. That got me through. That got me over the hill, and therefore, then I then I gained things afterwards. You know, that was my porthole um to be able to draw. So. That was it. And images, you know, I think you relate. Yes, I think you're right. You're definitely advanced with the images. You can, you can read um, and you can read quicker with, with, with images. And, you know, and again, I think, you know, when you, all you have is your eye, you know, literally all I have is my eye, I, I, you, I, you, you recognize things or you can interpret or you can put in, you can um, make choices very quickly. When I apparently I shoot fast. I, I'm, I, when I shoot a film, apparently I'm fast. I don't know. I've never been on anyone else's movie sets. I don't know if I shoot fast or not, but apparently I'm, I'm fast. I, I, find, I find it weird because it's a case of knowing what you want and not knowing what you want. So that's it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, there you go. I don't know if, that's any, if I've said anything interesting there. Absolute response and jumping right in <laughs> without looking down. Thank you. I think that's the way to do it. That's the way. <laughs> you know, break your yeah. leg. wondered what with it's okay. It's actually still Berkeley. Don't
1: worry.
3: Well, my big, my big <laughs> mantra is the fact is, well, we're all going to die anyway. We're going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. That was the, my biggest discovery. You know, and that sounds corny me saying that, but it's the truth. We're going to die anyway. So what's the point? Just go out with two guns blazing. What you got to lose? Mm-hmm. Nothing. We're going to die. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? It's happened to millions of people. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? It's happened to millions and millions of people. So we just get on with it. You know, you don't worry about it. You don't care. You don't care, but that's when you, you know, things start to happen to you. You know, you know, take a risk. you are all well, gonna die anyway. I'm going on a bit, but it's the truth. Mm. Who gives a shit?
1: It's a hugely important for everybody in the audience to hear that. You're <laughs> gonna die. So
3: just go out with two guns blazing. Take some people with you. Oh. Sorry, anything like that. But yikes! But you know what I mean. Don't, yeah. don't don't misinterpret me, people. Please.
1: No, people can take that with them the way they want Please. to. Okay. They, uh, all right. Yeah. So let's. Um, Uh, people have some very specific questions for instance um some are really coming back to the charlotte piece um
3: okay
1: uh, some of the you know uh uh, jan is asking to what degree you um reconcile let's see how does how do you phrase it jan um the um how how she herself um writes about the experience um um and how do you expect the viewer to do they impose in associations and of course it's a it's a it's an image that corresponds to other cinematic images, um, you know, from the history of cinema. Um, do you imagine people have those associations? And then also, I, 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 that, that was, yeah, they,
3: you know, they can have whatever association they want. But that was never in my mind when I was doing it.
4: Right. Again, you know,
3: maybe you know, again, you know, subconsciously, but it was one of those things. But it wasn't for me. You know, I I, I I you know, you know, Charlotte Rampling. I just I just rang her and you know, asked why. I don't know. I just there was something about the, the the in this in that there was something about the sixties and seventies and some kind of cinema, and and you know I was interested in her um, and her eyes because as she got older, her eyes was a very heavy eyelids. They're very heavy, very heavy, and it, for me it was like you know it's almost like you could do this. And it'll be up, you know, but it was like, very as age set in, in this sort of so-called you know, beauty uh, on, the, on the screen, age set in. And I was just sort of interested in sort of, there was something about that. There was something about that. And she, I don't know, there was something about that. And the whole idea of touching, you know, I'd never seen her before. Obviously, I've never, I've never seen this on screen. And somehow it was all like the, the, the piercing the screen, to touch the screen. To touch the, that, 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 that person I've only seen in sort of, you know, if, if, uh, if I see a book or magazine or, or, or on the screen. It was all to, 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 to touch and to see and, and cinema and eye and everything else like that. So, you know, again, people have said that, but that wasn't in my head when I was doing it. It was a relationship. It was a relationship. Yes, this finger, often one would think it's, it's, it's intrusive. But in some ways, you know, it, it, I felt that she was as strong as, as what was there was a certain there was a certain kind of attention, a as it were, you
1: know. Others, um, others are asking about what's ahead, about more projects ahead, including uh, uh, the work on Paul Robeson. If you would care to share, mm,
3: I'm not doing that.
2: Oh,
1: okay. Um, that's, that's Heard good. it here. But,
3: <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm doing a, a, a piece called Occupy City" right now. I'm, I'm, I'm directing a piece called Occupy City," um, which is uh, um, it's about Amsterdam from 1940 to 1945. It's a, it's it's, a, it's based on my my, my wife's book, um, and it sort of illuminates the sort of uh, what was going on in the Netherlands during that time, you know, uh, during the sort of Nazi sort of occupation. So it's a it's an interesting um, look. It's not like what one would think of as how I do it but I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, it's, very, it's not a, you know, people talking and whatnot, but it's completely different. So I'm very excited about that. As well as I'm, 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 I'm making a, a three-hour documentary, uh, completing a three-hour documentary called Uprising, um, which is sort of based on around the New Cross fire uh, in London in, 19, in February 1981. That's before the fire and after the fire. Uh, which, which killed 14 young black men, women, and men and women um, in February 1981. So that just, that's been completed now.
1: Incredible. Everyone's already looking forward, I know. Casey, do you see something else that you'd like to either an amalgam of a few questions or one more?
5: Yeah. Um, so we have a, a lot of Berkeley students attending this talk today, um, and a lot of them are filmmakers themselves and they have questions about um, you know what advice you might give them in terms of where they are now attempting to sort of realize their visions
3: um, I think you're important I think we need you whoever you are as far as film is concerned we need you we need you so badly we, we, you're important because we need those voices we need those black female directors, we need you. Whoever you are out there, you, you, know, you know, we need you. We need those, you know, Asian directors. We need those unrepresented voices that need to use the platform, which is film, because it's such a powerful platform. And it's so much, you know, your, the way you interpret things, the way you see things. I mean, my, my interest in film came from get, queer cinema that was my real interest in cinema because I was seeing things. I was people were interpreting things in a way that I had never seen before. You know, I saw an apple differently, <laughs> you know, it was wonderful. It was, it was, I was living through a revolution in film. I was present when the revolution in film was happening, which was, which was queer, queer cinema. And I was going every Friday and, 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 and Wednesday to cinema to see those movies and it changed my perspective on what's possible in film. So, you know, you're needed. You're needed, that's what I'll say.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Edgar, want to follow up with
3: that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you this question from Imotep here. Um, they're asking, as a filmmaker, how do you navigate this art form that is also a capitalist endeavor and relies on outside financial investment, often from people and institutions who might be uncomfortable with the subject matter that you explore in order for the work to exist? Take it and run. <laughs> Perfect. I mean that's how it's always happened. If it's you know, you know, in any in art in you just take it and run. That's it. You know, that's it. I Wonderful. mean that, that is the answer to that question. I can't really sort of say more. Take it and run. You know. Okay. Yeah. There, you know, there's what no you do poor with it
1: position, So yeah. Yeah.
3: It's you, listen. Listen. You know, what money is clean is take it and run and try to do something good with it. You know, that's it. Can, can, can we forget filmmakers now and, and do artists? Because and filmmakers get a lot. Of, they get. They get always. They always get the sort of uh, the, the the big cut of the pie. But you know, if that's okay. Sorry. Thanks, no, that's filmmakers.
1: interesting. Also to reference the different yeah. economies that you circulate in um, too. You might even it might be interesting for people to hear a bit more about that, what it is for a collector, for, for a collector, for, for feature films. And, you know, it's a, you know, the different economies you work in.
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, Money, Um, (laughs) money, Um, money, you know, someone said the best thing anyone has ever said to me about that. And it was very important. Don't worry about the money. It will come. And it was the best advice I ever got. I never did anything for money. Never. And if they don't worry, the money will come. Because in the day, you've got to pay your rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do it, whatever. And I think, you know, it, but also you, you, you have to stay. You have to keep the choices that you want to keep. You know, you, you're, it's very important that you make the work that you need to make. And I think you know, as far as that is concerned, you know, to stay the course, and of course, you know, again, you know, not to compromise. It's very important not to compromise. You know, it's very important. It's very easy me saying that now, but I, you know, I, I try not to. In fact, I've done everything. I've done everything for to, to, to do badly. I made a movie about hunger striker. Did a movie about sex addiction. I made a movie about slavery. You know, you know, I, you know, so it's like you know. I don't know. You, you know, just 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 try and focus on. Again, I just think that if people are talking, if if you're if, if you're bringing something to the fore, which is sort of is important for you, just do it. And that's that's it. I mean, money is a funny thing. I don't know. Uh, I'm not an expert. That's for sure.
4: Uh.
1: Maybe I'll ask uh, Edgar and Casey to say if you see another potent question and also Rizvana and Clara, as Steve has continued in response to any of these questions, if something else has occurred to you that you want to ask him um, or a way that you might even respond to some of them
3: yourself. Hard hard questions. Throw it at me. Don't worry about it. Don't be polite. I know you won't be. So go for it. (laughs)
4: Uh, can I ask a question to Go Steve? It, Please it. Well, it, it, <laughs> it's more. I mean, because what one of the you know um, real fortunes of working with an artist um, like Steve is um, the time um, that we have together, and it was just you know in the two or three years, Steve, that we were working on the show, the way you were navigating, you know, coming to the gallery to set up the show, to editing. In um, your Soho studio, you know, the final edits of small acts. I mean, it was so remarkable what, how, you, um, how fluidly you were moving through these spaces. Um, but, I, but I wanted to ask you a question about, like, about voice and responsibility in all of this, um, because I think, you know, it was so incredible. Um, and this was even before Black Lives Matter, when you came out um, in quite a public way, about the BAFTA nominees a, a year ago um, and the fact that they were mostly white, there weren't any um, uh, people of color who were nominated and you were quite vocal about it. And then you came back um, after Black Lives Matter um, and also made another statement in that regard. And um, I think it's really interesting what you do with your voice, um, both in the way, yeah. in the way that, you, that you work and put your work out there, whether it's art or, or film, Um, But the way that you really harness that platform um, and, you know, I thought it was so interesting how you, you know, for small acts, you were quite conscious of the fact that you wanted to work with a diverse crew as well. So I I just wonder about that because I think it's something that I think, you know, a lot of the students and, and, you know, those of us who are actively working in the art world or in the film industry, um, I think those questions are more, you know, relevant than ever.
3: Absolutely, and I, as I said before, I mean, you know, small acts, you know, uh, you know, again, it's 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 not being silent, you know, speaking out, you know, you can't not do that, you know, that's how things change, you know, look how things have changed, I mean, <laughs> you could think of, you know, you know, again, you can see with with twelve years a slave, you know, you could think, you know, look at before twelve years a slave and after twelve years a slave, you know. You know, I remember. I never forget. There was some put- when I was making that picture, I and mean, we was, you know, in the process. And someone said to me, "You're impossible, movie." This was someone who was in my camp. You know what I mean? The amount of resistance, the amount of, uh, you know, nonsense I had to deal with at that, at that time. And I was like, "No, you know." And you correct people. I mean, you know. So it's you see the be- the benefits of of, of what's happening now within within, within you know, black cinema, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible, but you know, we're not there yet. Totally not there yet. Absolutely not there yet, but it's very interesting how things, you know, there's a before and after and it, I, mean, I it's, it's, you know, how can I not talk out, uh, out about things? How can I not? Um, especially when you're sort of dealing with a situation you know, there were a few tech occasions when I was on a set and there'll be not a person of color apart from myself, on set, I, and I was like, "This, set, this, this is, this is, this can't fly." So, for example, on small acts, I, um, and this is something that comes into money, you know, because you take people's money, you take their money, and you can do good things with it. So, on my set, uh, uh, there were t- at least two apprentices, and has, of course, has a department, but you know, were genius like um, uh, um, Helen Scott, who was a researcher and uh, uh, a producer, and um, and Shabir Kuchner, who was a DP. And others who were, who were two of them, every, and every and every department had at least two people of color on each department, and a whole uh, a team uh, of junior accountants. So it was like mandatory; it had to be, had to be, and also there you know, obviously been imported a lot of people within other other elements of, of the crew. But because if, if you don't actively do it, it would never happen. And it's very important, very important, very important.
1: Um, we have a fun question. Um, Casey, do you want to ask it about, um,
5: Yeah. And so this is a question from Catherine. Um, and she asks if you were going to build a museum, where would it be and how would you design it? Um, or to sort of open it up a little more, how would you change um, the art world's institutions to reflect a more just world?
3: Well, obviously it'll be free. Um, um I think it will be open I don't know where 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 it will be I don't know where it will be but wherever it will be it will it'll be about sort of discussions I think you know there will be a seminar you know uh once a week um which will be great open an open debate there'll be um a great exhibition program a great cinema program classic films you know projected uh, and also discussions after the movie lecture and and lectures and and discussions open and discussions after the movie as well as an exhibition space i mean it's about conversation it's about talking it's about listening more than anything more than talking in fact and having that those debates because those debates i mean i went to some amazing i mean you know the the ica in in, the in the 90s was just in london was just a remarkable space i mean that was it was a remarkable place because it was a place where every, all the artists, you know, from our art schools, congregated on a Friday night or whatever. And there would be a bar there and a restaurant, you know, whatever. And they had exhibitions there. And there'd be this amazing bookshop. Oh yeah, you will have to have an amazing bookshop. Um, absolutely amazing bookshop. You know, you know, theory. Uh, you know, uh, amazing bookshop. Amazing bookshop. I mean, of course. I mean, I, I've got a lot of books, <laughs> so just like it's going to be amazing bookshop. Because that's where I met, for example, Okui Iweza in, in the ICA bookshop, because it was notorious. Right? You get some amazing books. And, um, you know, who went No one goes to the library. Everyone goes to the bookshop and just stands there for hours and reading in the bookshop. That's what you would do. I mean, sorry, I mean, the library didn't have the no money for new books. Come on. So that's what it'll be like. It'll be a place of debate, a place of um, heated debate, a place of, of, of yeah, and, 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 and enjoying. It was a wonderful time. The ICA in the 1990s. I will base it on that. I mean, every important artist at that time. That's where they wanted the show. That's where they wanted the show there. Yeah. So it was amazing, yeah. and, and great. Se- se- great uh, we had weekend, weekend seminars. We- sem- oh, we- oh, oh, sorry, going on a bit. So now you're getting me excited. <laughs> so we had a great show there um, I, um, called uh, Mirage. That was a very important show in London. That was 1995, five, four, four, 1994. It was 1994, 1994, no, 1995, 1995, Mirage. that was a very important show at the ICA. Um, it was curated by David A. Bailey. And that's where I met Buckwick uh, for the first time, uh, Ninety in an ICA bookshop. Uh, he, had a, he had a red cravat on and a, a blue coat. He said, sorry, are you Steve Booking? yes. And, we just ch- chatted, and it was just wonderful. It was beautiful. You know, the nineties. There were moments where just there were, pos- there were things happening. I mean, there was hardly any black representations of artists in the nineties. I mean, it isn't like it it not like its now, of course. But it, it was a, it was about sort of a mobility in a way. We had a great we had cheap Airlines in the nineties. We had Ryanair, we had mm, British Midland, we had EasyJet. So, I mean, again, yeah, terrible for the environment, of course. You know, it was naive and foolish at that time, but. It was easy flights into Europe, so it was cheap. So we could, you, you you traveled, you saw things and stuff. like that, So it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah that's why I would. Do. It makes well, excites me that environment because it was oh it was so, it was so like this. You know, it was oh it was so interesting. It was so vibrant. It was so vibrant, was so, vibrant so vibrant,
1: and so interesting that the museum the is, is about interaction for you and about debate for you. And yeah, you know, you know these museums, like this. the display of objects.
3: You know these museums that just catch dust? That's all they do, you know? It's not about that, this is about now, you know? you you got a pulse, you're alive.
1: Well, remembering, thank goodness um, you were shipped at eight years old to, that, to the museum, so that, that place that you learned to feel that you could be at home, it's a par- obviously a place that you were reshaping for- And you know like what was interesting
3: about that? You know what was interesting about that? I didn't mind that it was difficult. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't mind I didn't, it was, yeah, I, didn't, it I didn't, mm-hmm. no, because it was sort of something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. I used to, we, we used to, again, we were very lucky in England. We had a BBC, we had, I hope you stay BBC. Um, you know, I watched, I watched programs. I know I've been there what it was about, but I was interested in it because it was interesting. You know, it's about that. It's not about, it's not about dumbing down at all. It's not about making it easy. It's actually making it interesting. Don't bring it down. Don't be like, you know, some sort of, you know, make, you know, patronizing. No, that's ridiculous. It's actually to sort of nurture, to bring people to that moment of, of, of realization. It's exciting. I'm stopped talking. I'm getting excited for some reason. Uh, uh, who asked, no, who asked that all question? Exciting. Thank you.
1: Everybody in the chat is ready to go to Thank this you. museum and install this museum. And just to close things out, I know that the, the way that you're talking right now, Steve, and all throughout this entire dialogue chimes so much with. Um, the goals that I know Pam Kramlick has for our oh, yes. yeah, foundation exactly. and for her collection. And as you well know, if we could unmute and um, release the video for Pam, um, this is the, this kind of the kind, this kind of challenging work work that can be difficult is something that she has never shied away from. And I think also always wants to figure out how to share publicly. So Pam, I wonder if you could close us out with a thought or two. Um, can, can we undo, can we show Pam's video as well? I don't know if Aaron can do that or if, um, or if we do that. But at the very least, we'll
3: hear you. No, yeah, I mean, I'm going to see something about it. And
2: Dick is there too, great. Yeah,
3: wonderful. Um, hi, guys. Hi. I
2: mean, uh, I don't. hi. hi. Steve, thank you so much for being on today. I think it's so important for the students. It's important for Dick and me to know that we're going in the right direction. We've oh looked your work so much from the very beginning. And I guess, as Shannon said, my real dream would be to be able to give people around the world this kind of excitement online. And I think we're getting to a point in, in life today with technology and whatnot that, that maybe there are a lot of people out there that haven't been able to realize the experience that you've had, that we've all had. And uh, I, I just wonder how we can get further into doing that in the right way. This has been so exciting. I just would love so many more people to be able to access what we're doing here.
3: Great. Well, you're, you're pioneers at, at what you do and, and, and what you've done. So it's sort of, um, again, yeah. Well, it doesn't. Uh, what, what can I say? You know. No, we just have to.
2: I think we have to keep the dialogue going. And I mean, when we come up with ideas, we just have to work together to try and make them happen, so that we can make this all better, even than what we've got now, which is you know, pretty exciting compared to where we started uh, in 1987 when Dick and I uh, thought we wanted to do this. I I think there's uh, really extraordinary possibilities. I don't know, Dick, what do you think?
0: (laughs) Steve, thank you. This was uh, a real treat. You know, I think your humanity and your insights are without parallel. Really really appreciate your your time today.
3: Well, I I very much appreciate you guys because I've known you, for goodness gracious, I mean, like way over twenty-three years.
0: Uh, <laughs> incredible!
3: It's <laughs> like you know. So yeah, you, you, you've been there from the get-go.
0: Yeah, exactly. And okay. well, let's keep it up. <laughs> <Okay. Take care. laughs> so
3: Thank you. Thank you. So
1: here's the long haul, the Thank long you. arc of Steve's work. Thank you to Pam and Dick. Thank you uh, to Clara and Rizvana. Thank you to the A plus team, Team Paris, Casey, and Edgar, and Steve McQueen. Thank you for being you. And for Thank you. All Can I say one last thing
3: to all the students listening and stuff like that? Take a chance. I mean, I'm going on. You're yeah. corny, corny me saying this, and it's very corny, but at the same time, it's very important because you're very important, extremely important. I, I you know, I'm saying this to to even my young self. I remember, you know, you're very important, and it's what you do is very important because there'll be you'll be sometimes you'll be discouraged, sometimes you think you're going nowhere. But the best thing about work is to keep on working. It will right. come through. Don't stop. There's time where you'll be low. Keep going. Just keep going. Okay. I know this gonna be like, oh, why am I doing this? But you know, it's, it's it's a millisecond away. You know that number one record is only three minutes away. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. Um, so just keep 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 going on and, and pioneer through, please. And yeah. You will. Uh, you you've done it. You're talking about.
1: Uh, <laughs> and all the young people here, younger people will as well. Uh, Feet yeah. first. Don't look down power through. Steve McQueen, thank you. Thank My you pleasure. Thank you so much, James. You made a Honestly. memory for all of us today. Oh, You, you
3: guys are great. Thank you. you. Really thank you. Well. Thanks we for making it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way.
0: You've been listening to Berkeley Talks, a Berkeley News podcast from the Office of Communications and Public Affairs that features lectures and conversations at UC Berkeley. You can find more talks with transcripts at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts.